Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I'm Lauren, your humble DM, and welcome to Distinguished Adventurers. Distinguished Adventurers, last time on our show... Our heroes have been exploring a magical tower they acquired the deed to many, many, many months ago. It used to belong to an evil necromancer named Wendergod, but now it belongs to the group. So it seems only reasonable they check out their new piece of property. The first floor was filled with animated objects, keeping things clean, a mysterious planar viewing room, a kitchen and a dining room staffed by invisible servants, and a junk room with a few horrific treasures. The second floor has a trapped spirit, Horna an emerald dragon who was killed and her soul imprisoned there. Our heroes were happy to help find the soul anchor keeping her trapped, and in exchange for their help, she let them know that her hoard was being kept at the top of the tower. With their good deed done, and now excited to get to the top of the tower, Travancore, Jonathan, Carlton, and Bernie are once again ascending the staircase to the third floor. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Distinguished Adventures. I'm Lauren, a.k.a your humble DM, and hey, like last time, we have a special guest with us. Uh, So let's just get right to our guest. Josh, would you please take a moment, introduce yourself, and tell us, what are you drinking today? Hey, uh, yeah, my name is Josh. Uh, I go by Joshua Simons on the internet everywhere, uh, or you could follow me on social media at Joshua M. Simons. Today, I have two drinks because I'm bad at decisions. I have (laughs) a glass of bourbon, from uh, the Woodenville Distillery near Seattle. And I also have a nice hot tea. Those are both sound like great decisions, actually. You seem like you're awesome at decisions. I could do some coaching from you, actually. Okay, well, <laughs> uh, we'll talk about consultation fees later. There you go. I got so excited to introduce Josh that I forgot to mention that I am also drinking some of the Woodford Reserve bourbon because I, I love it. And it's in my Jack gifted glass. And so that's where we'll go next. Travancore, what are you drinking? Good people of Faerun, Travancore's choice this evening is Sol, which is sort of similar to a, to a Corona or a Pacifico, but I like it a little bit better, and it's actually super easy on the wallet, and there's a little bit of lime in there, it's been infusing for quite some time. Live tasting, here we go. Cheers. Oh, that is, that is summer in a bottle. My goodness. Very nice. Very nice. I, I kind of noticed when you took a very long draft that it was good. And Bernie, what are you drinking? I, once again, am, am a hydro homie tonight. I have water, hey. cheers, in a cup that was gifted to me by a friend who doesn't play D&D or listen to this podcast, but Persia, I love you and I miss you. And cheer, cheers to all my hydro homies out there. Aww. I did have a really, 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 really good mango mule, which is a Moscow mule made with mango vodka and had giant chunks of mango in it. So I would just like to put this out there, which is that like, honestly, from now on, you should make your Moscow mules with mango vodka. But that was on Friday. And I don't have any of the ingredients for that because that was that that was on a outdoor patio. That was my that's my wife's favorite drink, actually. So I gotta try it with mango now. I can't believe she never thought to do this before. But because she loves mango as well. Yeah, it's good. It's real good. It's like and then the chunks of mango at like the bottom of the cup and you just Spear them with your straw and eat them, and they're filled with like they've soaked up some of the. It's 
Highly recommend I'll be dreaming of that drink for a very long time as COVID numbers are on the rise. I think it'll be a while before we eat out again. <laughs> but hopefully you can make it at home. And and we'll move on to who someone who might be a fellow hydro homie. Carlton, what are you drinking? I, I am not a hydro homie today because I was in a hot warehouse and drank all my water already and then some. So I felt a prebiotic strawberry lemon soda would actually feel pretty refreshing after today. Ooh, very nice. I, I love that you said I drank all my water. And what I wanted to ask was, wait, how much water, like all the water in, in your area? <laughs> what I brought, uh, I think probably today I was close to 40 ounces or plus. Oh, I mean, yeah. I work in a warehouse and uh, we got up to 90 today. And so I made sure to stay hydrated so I didn't dehydrate. For my fellow Canadians, I have no clue how many milliliters that is. <laughs> or how many. It's how about it yay in... big. And then just put your hands out there, audience, where you think yay big is. And it's about that and then some. Can you answer me a question? What is prebiotic? It's the healthy gut bacteria stuff where it has the bacteria for my, my poops. Like that poop and yogurt? Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, just checking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just want, I don't, I've heard of probiotic. I better prebiotic because I'm like pro. Like I mean, I we have to check: is it actually probiotic or is it prebiotic? Because it you're the guy that pre, says li- P R E bio. Okay, you're the guy that says library, so we have to check. Hey, don't don't hate on. Can library. I ask if like is probiotic like the bacteria are alive and like doing their thing, and prebiotic is like for for people who are out there, I know bacteria don't come in eggs. This is metaphorical, but can you imagine like? For me, prebiotic is like, we've put all of the, like, baby bacteria in here. If only I had the internet at my fingertips. And, and tell us if you're able to manipulate mass effect fields. So probiotics are the bacteria. Prebiotics are the things that the probiotic bacteria eat. Oh, ah. cannibal biotics. I oh. love it. So I'm feeding my healthy gut. Wow. Okay, so that's fun fact about bacteria. They eat a lot of things, and I imagine... What you've just drank is a marketing ploy. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to a bacteria podcast. This is what ha- what you're all talking about as you head upstairs. And before we actually get to the next floor of the tower, Jonathan, I, I haven't forgotten. I was making a transition. I don't know. We- we've been on a tangent for a while. so you. We have been, but I-, <laughs> I have not forgotten. I would not forget you. Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hey, this is Jonathan. I play Jonathan the Magic Muscular. I've got a beer. It's from Oklahoma. It's uh. It's a horny toad from the Coop Brewery. It's quite good. That is as enthusiastic as I was last week about you. I just beer. thought you were going to stop with it's horny. <laughs> no, it's quite good. It's real good. It's just, oh, okay. yeah, I, I used it to, to make hot dogs, which was probably a kind of a waste for such a good beer. But uh, now I'm drinking It's Brothers. So two, two got used for hot dogs. The rest are going to me. These are the discussions you're having as you wind your way up the stairs to the third floor of Wendergod's Tower, which sadly, like the second and the first, exactly the same. It is the same black walls, the same nice, but almost gaudy purple carpets, the same plush sitting chairs all over the place and pictures and the attempt at finery with more of a a gaudy atmosphere to it and four rooms on each corner of the actual tower. The stairway does go up to another floor, but here you are on the third floor. Where would you like to go? 
Bernie says, hell really is a prefabricated house in a cookie-cutter suburb, isn't it? They say little boxes made of ticky-tacky and no more so we don't get sued. You know, I'm glad that that wa- Jonathan the Magic Musket is real glad that uh, Waterdeep at least has some sensible zoning for, for most of its areas in the city. Can't speak to the Lord's uh, Corner up in the north, but, you know, uh, everywhere else it's not bad. So our friend downstairs said her hoard was on the top floor. Obviously our stairs keep going up, but... What if there's also cool shit in these floor? Should we not check it out now? No, let's check out number one. Number one is seems. I was to thinking be... number four. Counterclockwise. All right, Carlton Roche, Rochambeau. Uh, if I win, no, we go one. No, no, Carlton remember? just when when Jonathan goes to go Rochambeau, Carlton makes the fist and then makes another fist and then just walks over to number four. <laughs> All right, I'm pulling number one at the same time. Which to our audience at home who cannot see the map is the right door, my right, or a clockwise direction. They're basically going in opposite directions. So We're splitting the muscles. Exactly. Split the party right at the beginning. I love it. Yeah, like that's always worked out so well. I'm I'm going to describe both doors and then we'll we'll go from there. Jonathan, you approach the door to your right, which is the same motif as all the others, the black whatever this tower is made out of with the stained glass window that have all been indicative of what's in there. You do notice this stained glass window is just this kind of pale blue. There's no design. It's just pale blue. Carlton, as you approach the other door, you do notice that the <laughs> the stained glass window on that one seems to be of what looks like a book but it's got smoke coming off of it very stylized so i basically went into the jonathan room the book room and i've got into the i i don't think if this is the water room i don't think it jonathan the magic muscular doesn't think that it really applies to to any of us none of us are really water-based jonathan the magic muscular though is going to give it the hairy eyeball and check it for traps bernie says as your doctor i can tell you that technically you are sort of water-based meanwhile carlton is just gonna enter because you've been playing with me for five years you know exactly what i'm gonna do lauren okay so i need three things jonathan i need you to give me an investigation track check as you're checking for traps okay carlton i need you to give me a dexterity check and josh i need you to give me a perception check to see what your character is noticing at this moment and we'll go in that order jonathan would you get uh jonathan the men muscular got a 29 for his investigation Ooh. check you don't think this door is at all trapped. It seems to be like all of the others. Not trapped, not locked. You just got to open it. Carlton, what did you get? My first roll of the night was a natural 20, so that's a 23. Hey. Everybody drink. Everybody drink. Uh, everybody. Very dexterous. You open this door with your pinky. All right. So, Carlton. With bravado. <laughs> yeah. As you go to open the door, it does not open. It is locked. And you have this moment and where you're surprised by that, because this is the first door that has been locked in your experience. And then something about, wait a second, this is the first door that's been locked in this entire tower, makes you do a dive roll away from this door as something explodes. It's a green mist of some sort, and you would take 36 acid damage, but you will take half since you did succeed. Uh, And as that happens, Josh, 
go ahead and tell us what what was your percep- perception check? Uh, that was a 25 perception. Excellent. So where do you think your character would be right now? Oh, I think just in like the far corner of the room, just observing this. It's not often that there are newcomers here. Uh, it's best to, I think, take a moment and take in whatever um, motive they may have. I love it. So I'm going to say that you're in the corner that has the very clear view of Carlton, that you've watched all these, uh, this motley crew come on up. Not only is it for obviously adventuring types, there is a very impressive armored black bear the gnome cleric is riding a mastiff and what is obviously the wizard has a, a familiar an owl on their shoulder they they seem pretty seasoned they argue for a little bit and then they immediately split the party and you don't know why but you know that something's about to happen as it happens as carlton you successfully roll away from the explosion and manage to not take full damage what would y'all like to do carlton stands up acid kind of dripping off of his clothes and he kind of shakes it out and he goes all right you win jonathan (laughs) (laughs) and then he walks over to jonathan Bryony says I'm not healing that there's cupcakes in the bag. Oh, I also have my treats, too. And Josh, at this moment, would you like to do anything or are you going to continue to just observe? Um, I think as Carlton walks away from this door, actually, you'll just hear like a whisper, like a mutter, like you're walking past some teenagers at the mall and they say something about you. And you can just barely hear it under under, you know, their breath as you walk by just here. All right, with a passive perception of 25, Lauren, do I catch this oh. incessant teasing? It's it's meant to be heard. I don't think you even need to roll to try to hear it. It's just very much under the breath. You just hear buffoons. <laughs> All of them. What? What? Who called me a baboon? I said buffoon. Is that a species of baboon? Oh, honey, you are actually more akin to one of the great apes. You're just a little too big to be a baboon. Yeah, but somebody's calling me a baboon. Uh, At this point, do I see Josh's character? Josh, would you like to describe your character? Yes, of course. As of this moment, really, all you see is just kind of like a metallic shimmering of light in the corner where a beam of light should come through the window. You see that it seems distorted. Easy to miss if you were not looking for it, but uh, there it is, just this kind of ethereal essence in the room. Man, is anything in this tower just plain ethereal? (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, Jack. Or sorry, damn it, Travancore. I don't don't think that's a word. Hey, hey, guys, I found another... Like, armchair friend, maybe? There is not an armchair. Remember how we had this conversation about reality and your like imagination? Like, ten minutes ago, downstairs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, this light blob was talking to me and called me a baboon, and so I figured it might turn into a chair or a fern like the one downstairs. Did you explain that you were more akin to a great ape? Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, hey, uh, light thingy, I'm more akin to a great ape. I will take note of that. What are you all doing here? It's not often that we have uh, visitors of any variety. This is our house, and I, showed, I hold up my deed. Oh. What are you doing here? 
Well, I've been the unfortunate resident for the greater part of the last... Time is hard after a couple hundred years. Um, wait a minute. Josh, roll a history check. Bernie's gonna look up in Travancore and go, I kind of feel like we're like a slumlord doing a renoviction, and I'm really not okay with it. He did say unfortunate. That is only a nine on history. So with a nine, it, yeah, it's really hard to tell because there's no there there's no time that passes here because you can't see outside. Every time you go in or out of one of the four rooms you have access to, you kind of forget what's in there. Mm. You think it probably was no more than a century, but you can't be sure. Uh, it's been a minimum of probably like 50 years and probably a maximum of like a hundred years. The whole thing about not being able to leave and being trapped makes it very hard to keep passage of time. I started by making scratch marks on the wall and then I ran out of wall. And so uh, you just kind of go with the flow. You say trapped. Was that Wendergod's doing? I see you're familiar. Is he about? No. No. We, we debouted him. Yeah, we, Jonathan the Magimuscular, yeah, and, uh, and all of us, we did our part in uh, ending Wonder God's existence. That's how we have the deed. Oh, good, 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 good. I was really hoping that he wasn't going to start getting into, like, leasing or renting out space. There's too many of us here already. But it didn't say anything about this place being haunted, so they really uh, should disclose that in the deed. Haunted? Are you not a ghost? Ah. <sighs> A technicality, I suppose, but I prefer to think that I am dignifying you with my presence. Well, it doesn't say anything about having dignifiers on the, on the deed. Yeah, technicality, I'm sure. Also, being called a baboon doesn't make me feel all that dignified. I said buffoon. Jonathan the Magimuscular is curious who dignifies our, our presence. What's your name? Ah, well, my name is Berevor, also known as the Bereft. Berevor the bereft. Hang on. Bereft of what? A great many things these days. Like a corporeal form? You don't need to rub it in. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. That was just me being a buffoon. I see. Good, good one. Good one. So we met this really nice dragon, one below your neighbor downstairs. We are slumlords. Yeah, no, we're slumlords. not. Like, these people are trapped in here. We're letting them go. Oh my go. god, we're slumlords of a literal trap house. <laughs> well, in, in this place's defense, while it is gaudy, I would not exactly describe it as a slum. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. It that's did have a TV true. room. Yeah. That's true. Do you want to leave? Are you, like, you have a preference? I imagine being here for a really long time and it's very repetitive and if you've got that thing going on that your neighbor downstairs did you can't really get a grip on the thing do you need to leave uh, i would enjoy to not be stuck here if that's what you're asking yes i would very much enjoy that it wasn't too bad honestly like wendragon for his many faults there was a long list i could list them for hours but the good thing about him was that we had great conversations. That's about where the list ends for good things, for the record. And, you know, there's actually, like, 
I'm just going to say this. Quite a lot of beings in this world that can keep up a conversation. Uh, yes, well, of course, of course. I've spoken to a good few thousand of them, but uh, I would love to be free of here unless this is about to become like a speakeasy or something. Uh, Travancore wants to pull Bernie aside before she responds and says, Is bragging about how many conversations you had a normal thing in Faerun? No, no, just don't worry. You know, I mean... When you've been alone for a really long time. Yeah. If you want interesting conversation, may I present my friend Murray? And I pull out the skull. John the player full well knows that I cannot activate Murray. But Carlton the character. <laughs> Murray, come on, do the thing. Oh. Murray. Murray. Tap, 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 tap. Drop comic. Tap, tap. I love it. Aravor, you watch as this half-orc barbarian pulls out a humanoid skull, bleached white, kind of your classic skull. You can tell. I'll, I'll say that you can tell there is an aura of magic around it, but it doesn't do anything. Oh, uh, guess he's sleeping? Tired? I don't know. Normally he's really talkative, and I figured you might enjoy his conversation, but I, I'm just... Murray, Murray, you're, you're, you're embarrassing me in front of the wizard. Oh, he's not the only <laughs> one. Um, so, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan doesn't even reply. No, I'm, I'm not. Okay, no. um, so on that note, that's Murray. And, well, it's special. But you guys actually probably have a lot in common. Murray's been dead for a really long time. And I am sad that we woke him up earlier and we can't. You would enjoy Murray, I think. Um, so do you know what's keeping you here? Or is that a thing that you keep forgetting? Uh, there is some mechanism. Uh, uh... Uh, an anchor, so to speak, that uh, Windregard used to keep me uh, trapped here, and I cannot go uh, without a certain uh, distance from it, or it keeps uh, part of my soul tethered here. Uh, I don't know the exact specifics of the spell, and there's some complications in how it affects my perception of things, perhaps even the perception of the spell. But I'm aware that it keeps me from being able to leave. Oh, that's not all too dissimilar from your friend downstairs. Thing we forgot to ask her, why did Winter God trap you here? Well, I... Paravor, uh, <clears throat> roll me a history check. Uh, that's a dirty 20. Your memories are hazy. You remember a fight with... This guy, it had started as a friendly argument about some theoretical thing that he was doing, that he wanted to do, that sounded, you don't remember exactly what it was about, but it sounded incredibly reckless to you. And then it turned into an argument when you refused to help. And the next thing you know, you were here. Yes, um, I, I believe, uh, it's been a long time. I apologize. The details are hazy. He wanted to do something. It was not good. I, I can't recall the specifics. It was something theoretical magic, perhaps. Uh, and I, I wanted to stop him. I said, no, do not do it. It's a bad idea. You will hurt everyone involved. It was a great fight, I think, although I don't remember. And, uh, I think the only way to move forward was to bring me here as a captured part of it. Huh. Bernie's gonna, like, look at everyone and be like, this is, like, kind of creepy. 
if you think about it, Winter God's been keeping trophies, but like, I mean, it seems in keeping with what we knew about Winter God. I mean, he did resurrect a dragon skeleton. That's sort of a trophy that fights for you. Yeah, that's it's like kind of. I don't know if it's less gross because you're still, but and you're not like you know a toe, but it's still kind of weird. Detective Travancore, you want to investigate and see? <laughs> well, I, get, I think it might be behind the door that tried to burn me alive. That's also possible. Jonathan the Magimuscular, while we walk over to the door that was that clearly we no one is supposed to go into, does any of what uh, Barivor describes, does it sound like anything that Jonathan the Man- Magimuscular may have heard of or... Uh, any anything? It didn't sound like there were very many details, but if there's a, if there's a puzzle that can be put together, Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to have a think on it. Okay, go ahead and give me a Arcana check, and while you do that, uh, Travancore, do you want to do anything on on Bernie's question? So Bernie's prompting uh, Travancore's question. This is something that worked with with uh, Orna downstairs. Um, if you're okay with it, my uh, my associate here, Mister Shadow, would give you a, a sniff and see if he can detect the uh, the anchor through uh, through means of. Uh, olfactory. I suppose that is agreeable, yes. Uh, how you're going to stiff something that is not really physically there, I'm not certain, but... We're one for one so far. Uh, you can't argue with the results, I suppose. <laughs> well, one could argue that Orna had... Orna was a chair! <laughs> you could, you could argue a chair, but still ethereal chair. Okay, Travancore, I need you to give me an investigation check and Shadow to give me a perception check with advantage because okay. he's using his nose. I'll describe a little bit of that in Wait, a minute. Wait, can Shadow give a delicate snort check so that he doesn't accidentally sniff all of Barivor up and... I will keep that in mind and we'll see what he rolls. And meanwhile, Jonathan, what'd you roll on your Arcana check? 21. You don't know what Wendergod might have been doing and you're unsure if trapping these spirits in this tower had anything to do with it. But you do know that doing it would have taken a lot of power, way more than this undead demi-lich that you fought all those months ago ever had. Like, this is, this is on the level of, of arch-lich, archmage, incredibly powerful magics to be able to do what he's doing. So whatever it is concerns you, but without more specifics, it's hard to tell. Right. And as you ponder over that, uh, Travancore and Shadow, what did you get? All right. Travancore rolled a 16 on his investigation check and uh, Shadow got a 34 on his uh, his smell check. (laughs) I love Shadow so much. Okay. Barivor, you watch as this armored black bear that had been accompanying this trio and and very specifically the uh the one named Travancore the the ranger of the group comes waddling friendly on over to you and as he approaches you do notice the eyes on this bear are a little red a little glow glowing red and the claws seem to be a little bit glowing and not in a malevolent way but like the skull that got pulled out you can almost sense this is not just your friendly neighborhood bear and shadow comes over and gives a good hearty (laughs) sniff but on bernie's insistence 
does it in such a way where you do not feel like you're being sucked into this bear. You don't even think you could be, but Shadow's being careful. Travancore, because, because this time you rolled way better than the last time, you are not surprised how Shadow starts to move. And on a 34, that's godlike bear success. He immediately moves to the door that Carlton was trying to open. And between the two of you, Shadow does not touch the door. And as you get closer, you know not to touch this door. I mean, there's the obvious Carlton just got covered in acid because of it. But you can tell, no, this door is still trapped. Carlton has set off a trap, but there's still problems here. And Shadow is being very cautious about there's no gap in the door. Like it is very, very flush with the surrounding wall. But if there was a gap on the, on the bottom, he would be nose right there, but not touching the door. Well, I share all this. Do, do you want to turn off the trap then, Travancore? <laughs> yeah, Travancore, you just flip that off switch, Bernie says and winks. Well, there is one fun way I could do it, actually. <laughs> I'm thinking if I were to cast, uh, what do you call it? If I were to summon some fey animals here and send them through the door, they, they knock out every trap. No, don't, no. <laughs> no, no, let him do it. You can't, you can't cast meat shield. That's my job. <laughs> Welcome to the chaos, Josh. Thank you for having me. This is why you're only allowed to be here for one floor of this building. Because, because Most people Warren can only handle one floor. Us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Travancore, Yo. I'm going to make your life easy because you did roll so well and because Shadow rolled incredibly well. You can tell, especially since you know that this door is still trapped after Carlton got hit with it, sending in even some of your wonderful fey creatures will not disarm the trap. You're pretty sure you have to actually disarm the trap or else it'll just keep sending acid your way. All right. Is there a check I have to do to try to disarm this thing? Um, Give me an investigation check. Oh, cool. Detective Travancore does the thing. Uh, John- Jonathan the Magimuscular will help him out just to, to kind of point out some of the arcane elements of it. All right. Travancore, you can roll with advantage. All right. Well, that's probably a good thing. Let's uh, roll one more time. Bernie's going to sidle up up to Bear for and say, would you like to place a bet? Would you like to place <laughs> a bet on if the spray is going to come out again or if they're going to be successful? I would love to. So I'm a cleric, and I don't really think about money. In fact, I'm sure I have some, but what, 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 do you, what do you bet when you don't have a corporeal form or a bank account or a memory? Uh, it's mainly just uh, for pride and honor at this stage. Uh, favors. You can bet favors. We're sort of doing a favor already, but that's not a, that's sort of a, a moral compass thing. I don't really want to. Right. It's a I owe you one later. No, he doesn't. No, he won't owe us for. Yeah, buffoon. You want to bet the buffoon? Wait, wait, what? As in the title. The title. Oh. Uh, oh, I will uh, not bet. You I mean, uh, I got really sad for a second. I would never I do that. Me. As in, I take it back, or you could be the buffoon if they um get sprayed. Or if they don't get sprayed again. And I'll be the buffoon if they do, though I feel like I win either way, honestly. <laughs> That's fair. I am quite uh, satisfied with my current title. 
Um, but you could add this one on. It just doesn't. I'll be the bereft. Roll off the <laughs> tongue, does it? Barivor the buffoon. I think it sounds great. You know what? I will be a buffoon if they can get through this door without any hiccups whatsoever. I'll take that. Wonderful. Like I said, win-win situation for me. Let's just watch what happens. This is gonna be great. The Distinguished Adventurers are huge fans of Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into a single grand adventure. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from our favorite D&D streams, books, and more. Every week there's something new happening in the game, and it's available on almost any platform. Need some loot to gear up your champions? We're happy to offer a free Electrum chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on August 14th at 8 p.m. Pacific. So open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. W-O-R-D-B-I-N-D-N-A-A-N. So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. All right, with this bet in place, Travancore, would you roll? With the help of my good buddy, Jonathan the Magimuscular, I uh, rolled a natural 20. Cheers unto that. With a natural 20, with the help of Jonathan, you take a really close look at this door. Knowing that it's trapped, but trying to figure out how. You don't know what the spell is. It's not one that you're familiar with, either in your experience as a ranger or as a druid. But you do realize there is a spell on this door that if the door is not opened with the key, it will set off this trap. And whatever is going on with this spell, it refreshes it every single time. So your instincts were correct. I will say also on a natural 20, you do realize there's actually a flaw in this. Because you're not sure if you could find the key to this door. However, you do realize the flaw in this trap on the door is the only thing that is trapped is the interesting black stone that this tower is made out of, the parts of this tower that are nigh-on indestructible. The bit of the stained glass, the window that you can't see through because it's stained glass, but the stained glass window is not part of the trap. And so you think if you broke that, you would have to set the trap off once, but you could break the window and open the door in the process. Okay, so Travancore shares all of that and says, so are we breaking some glass here or are we looking for a key? Carlton does the Carlton thing and he's going to headbutt through the glass and do I get advantage on this dexterity save because I know it's coming? No, because what you're doing is you're headbutting through the glass. Yes. But here's what I'll do. You need to give me a strength check to actually break through the glass. My guess is you're going to succeed, but let's see. I'm going to rage, because then I get advantage. All right. That's good. This is Carlton, good. would you like to describe for our friend what happens when you rage? Uh, and Jonathan, we'll get to you in a second. So Carlton just kind of 
sees that the the book in the uh, stained glass, and it's just reminded of all the times when he was younger and he had trouble trying to read, and he just gets really angry that this book is mocking him and his literacy, which is much better, by the way, now. But it reminded him of, of a time in his youth, and he just inhales deeply and just smashes his head into it. All right. As you do that and you rage, Jonathan, what were you going to say? Jonathan the Mad Muscular is blinking as he misty steps away from all this. Because <laughs> he was right behind Carl. He's like, whoa! And he disappears in a puff and appears uh, northwest away from the splash zone, as it were. Exactly. Okay. So, Carlton, what did you get on your strength check? 18. That is barely enough. You actually feel like... I hit a little bit of the wood on the way in. I, I kind of missed my aim. <laughs> yeah, you get a little bit of the, the metal that holds all of the different pieces of the stained glass window together. And it's just, it's not as strong as you think it should have been. It's not as impressive of a display of colorful shards going everywhere. But it does work. And as it shatters, I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. Saving throw or check? Uh, this is a saving throw. This one's the saving throw. Okay. This one is the saving throw. And that's a dirty 20. All right. That just barely succeeds. Welcome to this episode called Just Barely. So you manage to break the glass and reach on in and, and do the awful thing and where you've broken a glass a window in a door and then you reach through and unlock the door from the inside. Listen, this is our house. It's not b and I just forgot my key. And that's why you couldn't get advantage, even though you knew this was coming, is because in order to open the door, you basically had to reach on in while the thing was happening. But you're still fast enough to only take half of the 33 acid damage that goes all over the place. And all of you watch as once again, Carlton is, is half covered in acid, but does unlock the door. Bernie bows and says, Therefore the bereft, your servant, Bernie the buffoon. <laughs> well, admittedly, I still think this is a win-win for me. That's totally fair. While I did not bestow the title upon you per se, I must say you wear it with grace. Yes. Carlton turns around. <laughs> I did it! There's just like little pieces of glass sticking out of his head. And Bernie says, proud of you! Proud of you, sweetie! Not gonna heal that either. Oh, uh, where? I'm just gonna clean clean up the acid with some precious juice. You got a little there. And just zoink, 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 zoink. Anyway, here's Wonder Door, and I open the door. <laughs> Would you like to head on inside? I do. I just got that. Boom! <laughs> all right. As you all head on inside, you see that the room that you're entering is in two parts. There's the initial area that you enter, and then there is an archway, not a closed-off area, but enough of an archway through to a second half of the room that you can't exactly see what's along the walls of it. In the first half of the room that you enter, it looks a little bit like a library, a little more cluttered. There are wooden cabinets stuffed with disorganized files everywhere. Some of the books that are lined up look like they are also stuffed with notes. There are some laying about on a big wooden table in the middle. There's a couple of those plush chairs. And it, it really does look kind of like a small library that has not been kept organized very well or bothered to be kept organized very well. And as you take a look around, 
you start to realize that everything in this room are notes or books or scribblings or dossiers on or about dragons. Some of them are so old that despite the fact that a lot of this tower is kept up because of the animated objects that are on the first floor, but time still passes. And so some of them are so old that when you go to pick them up, they crumble. But there's hundreds of them. And just looking through some of the files, some of them go back hundreds of years. And you do notice a lot of them have what can only be described as in big red stamped letters across the top of them, the front of them, deceased, written across it. A handful of them have that same big red mark, the big red letters, but it says Great Worm instead. Is there a reading spot in here with a chair? Oh, yeah. The table in the middle of this part of the room has one very plush chair. Great. Guess what's going in it? All right. My butt. Carlton sits down in the plush chair. Carlton, this is the first chair you've sat down in in this tower. And you've sat down in many, many chairs. But no, this I sat is the down first... in some downstairs. Yeah, that's in why I said you've, you've sat down in many, many chairs. Yeah. This is the first one that you can tell already has a butt groove in it. Carlton starts wiggling aggressively to erase the ass groove in it. This is uh, my chair now, and this is going to be my ass groove. All right, we'll come back to Carlton in a couple of decades. What would the rest of you like to do? Is um, Barivor's name on any of, or is, like, I think we, I, my intuition as a player is, like, we should see if, if Orna and Barivor are listed here, and also any of the other dragons we know. Yeah. yeah. If you'd like to take a look, uh, I need investi- uh, an investigation check. Jonathan the Magic Muscular is going to come in and uh, and kick off his second true seeing and start taking a look around. Okay. True seeing is invisible things, uh, shapeshifters. What else does it do? Ethereal plane. So actually, you because you can see the ethereal plane, you actually get kind of a more solid look at Barivor because Barivor is, is deceased. It's not totally clear, but it's interesting how they glow a little bit more. But what else does Trucine do? Let's see. Notices secret doors hidden by magic and can see into the ethereal plane. And it just says the ability to see things as they actually are. Okay. I guess guess it's got the true sight modifier. So let me me look up true sight here real quick. While you look that up, uh, Bernie, what'd you get on your investigation check? Bernie got a 12. I was going to try and see if I could give you advantage on that check because Travancore's favorite opponent are dragons and he might be able to help you point you which way to look. I will okay. say, yeah, you can absolutely give advantage because your favorite because your favorite enemy is dragons. Okay. Well, then I will roll again. That's a 19. There you go. Bernie just there got a go. nice burst to her reading. Yeah, you were, you were doing a little bit more scanning and Travancore has a moment in where dragon expert realizes dragon expert and kind of realizes the order that assumably Wendergod put all these files in and giving you that tip, you're able to look through the files a bit quicker. Uh, Let me get back to you in a second. Jonathan, what did you find out about true seeing and that fun? So true sight specifically, a monster with true sight can out to a specific range, see in normal and magical darkness, see invisible creatures and objects, automatically detect visual illusions and succeed on saving throws against them and perceive the original form of a shape changer or creature that is transformed by magic. Furthermore, the monster can see into the ethereal realm within some range. So here's what I'm going to say. Barivor, what's your original form? 
I was a quite large brass dragon. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, we're we're probably looking in the right place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> John, Jonathan the Magic Muscular has has witnessed Barivor, Barivor's, uh, 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 uh majesty, as it were. That sounds sweet, Barivor. Can you, did you consent to that? I think I exist, and anyone who wishes to look upon me may do so. <laughs> All right, well, you all have fun <laughs> with that. He's a brass, he's a brass dragon, y'all. Oh, that's good, because I'm allergic to nickel. Ah. Oh, I haven't heard that one in decades. Jonathan, I'm going to give you one more thing, and then we'll move over to Bernie while you ponder. The one other thing I'm going to give you is there's nothing else in this room that sets off your senses, but through the archway, there's there's an aura through the archway that gives you the sense that there is something through there that you might be able to see. You know how, like, if there's a light on in the other room, but you don't see the light, but you see the spillover of the light, mm-hmm. that's kind of what you're getting. Okay. And as you ponder that, Bernie, with your investigation, it takes a little while, a couple minutes. But yeah, you do find a file on Orna, and you do find a file on Barivor. And both of them, it, it's, it reads like a very dry medical report. Like what kind of dragon they are, were, you know, how old they were, um, what some of their abilities were. Nothing that's actually interesting until the notes at the end in where, in what you can only assume is Wondergod's handwriting, both of them have the note that they would be perfect candidates for the experiment. Oh, this is really gross. Does it write how they died? It says deceased at the top, but it does not say how they died. So, Barivor, this is you. In case you're, you're definitely dead, does it have, like, a date? Like, does it have, like, dates on it? It does not, which is why you needed Travancore's help, because it's not in date order. This whole room seems to be, it's not in alphabetical order in any way that you recognize Bernie. But Travancore, there's something instinctual about the way that you see that it's organized by, like, dragon alphabet. <laughs> well, it's in draconic, but not even in draconic alphabetically. Like, it's, it, there's something just in, in, innately recognized about the order. Bernie, so you don't recognize a date. As you're handing the file over, or at least holding it up so the Barivor can look at it, Barivor, give me either an intelligence or a wisdom saving throw. Okay. Let's, let's, let's make that a wisdom saving throw, because that's better. That's a, a 24. Excellent. It's jarring to see essentially a medical report about you from the perspective of somebody who is so dismissive of you. And... Something about that last line about a perfect candidate for the experiment, remembering the argument you had, and now a little bit more of that argument becomes clear. Wendragod was trying to get you to help with devouring echoes, specifically of yourself in other realms, the echoes of other dragons from other universes to make yourself more powerful. You know about this. You know it's something that very powerful dragons can do. He was trying to do it himself and get you to help. 
Yes, okay. Uh, the experiment! Uh, yes. <clears throat> uh, that, um, jars memory. Uh, he was trying to find a way to capture dragon souls from other universes, other dimensions. It's a thing that powerful dragons can do. They can call upon alternate versions of themselves to increase their power and, and absorb that power to grow stronger still. And uh, Wendrigod was trying to take the echoes of myself. Did he think you were a good candidate to help him because you were strong or because of your own personal beliefs and values? Well, we were not aligned on our beliefs or values, so I presume it must be that I was a fearsome opponent. Okay, that's good. We can continue to help you. I'm really sorry. That's really shitty. You guys were friends or more like mm, acquaintances and colleagues? Because he sounds like a... We knew him briefly, and he was a jackass. Uh, we spoke once or twice, and early on I thought, perhaps he's just... Uh, you know, a wizard, uh, corrupted in the pursuit of power, but misguided and could be led back into the light, you know. Uh, as it turns out, I was very wrong, and uh, then post-death, uh, uh, we were acquaintances and perhaps even friends in the same way that if you're only ever able to talk to one person, you don't really have a choice, do you? True. True. That is true. Something you said earlier intrigues me. The idea that powerful dragons can pull power from other versions of themselves other dimensions. I would assume the other versions have the same power. Uh, well, presumably. I, it's one of those things that uh, dragons can do and have done in the past, but it is a a rare occurrence, and, and not something that is done easily, and uh, not something that is uh, a common occurrence. So, um, the best answer I can give you is, in theory, yes, but I don't know. That sounds like it'd be exhausting. Um, if it were, if if it weren't so difficult, people, what's to stop dragons from doing that to each other all the time across? The, the the various dimensions. That's 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 tiresome. I, I would not want that. Jonathan the Magimuscular saw a very middling play about this concept. It was called the Una, and it was uh it it was in Care Calendar, so it was in our language. But but basically, yeah, uh, a cool guy was going around and like jumping universes and killing him his alternate selves and uh and then absorbing their power. Uh, it was. Like I said, it wasn't a great play, although I have seen more plays with that theme uh, recently. A lot, actually, recently. Quite a few just popping up in the last year. Moving on. <laughs> so were, were any of these experiments, to your recollection, successful? As in Wendragod's experiments? Because I mm -hmm. was not privy to the, the results of, of those things. I see. Well, something that, that about all of this just stinks of something that is way more powerful than the winter god that we faced you you've uh thrown around the term buffoon i think that is very apt for winter god as an opponent maybe maybe jonathan the magimuscular is sort of uh 
is sort of uh, uh, filtering it through through time in his memory. But uh, mm. but yeah, he, he Winter God was kind of a chump. He was often um, uh, pursuing things that seemed out of his depth. It was one of the reasons why I cautioned him against this. It is something that would be um, potentially catastrophic to do poorly and fail upon. It could uh, harm a great many people, I imagine. I don't want to entertain this possibility, but it's possible that Winter God's not acting alone, that he was like a patsy put up to this by somebody else or put in this direction by somebody else. Or if able to do other planar things with souls, then maybe we didn't dispose of him. Oh. Carlton says, lounging in his chair, working on his ass groove. Carlton, you think you've got about seven more years. <laughs> what, question. So, an ass groove is the sort of indentation of a material over time. Yeah. Would prestidigitation reset the material? Ooh. No, but mending would. <laughs> Hold on. Do I have that? I don't think I have that. That's a- I don't think you have no, that. But no, but Bernie that- does. <laughs> Bernie does. I would say that mending would do it, but prestidigitation will not. Prestidigitation would get rid of the ass smell, but mm. mending mm. would fix the groove. I love how we immediately went from some horrific realizations to ass groove. I love you all. Welcome Please to our continue. podcast. Please continue. Carlton flips the cushion. There's an ass groove on that side, too. Carlton flips it, realizes it goes, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he was There's thorough. our one. That, that's your one. Bernie that's your sits one. there and thinks about mending. And then you just hear her go, mm, nah. She's, you have to earn it. Okay. Well, this is a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. Honestly, I'm going to level with you, friend. We didn't know anyone would be here, so today has gone a completely different direction. Not necessarily a bad one than where we thought it would be, but today we can solve this problem, which is getting you back your freedom. I'll, I'll square with you. Orna didn't really get her body back. She sort of moved on to like the next life. Which I imagine there's a lot of people to talk to. So I think it'll be cool either way for you. But I don't know that we can really parse out large issues of arcane, planar, dimensional. That's not really in the cards right now. But since we sort of have our renovicting, oh my god, we're actually renovicting. We can, we can, they're leaving and we keep the place. Yeah, but they're willingly wanting to get released from their contracts. Well, Maybe. I think it's more like we bought a prison and we're actually imposing different policies that allow for release of the unjustly in prison, so we're we're kinda like heroes. That works for me. Um but we can come we can table we can table the large metaphysical issues and come back to the small metaphysical issue that we can fix, yeah? Yeah? Speaking of that, Travancore, you notice that Shadow being the wonderful, obedient bear that he is, when you entered the room, he was sniffing around and he was obviously following the trail that he's been following and now noticing that the conversation has turned back towards, oh, the thing that I need to find. He starts to go through the archway into the other part of the room. I'm going to follow. All right. And Jonathan the Metromuscular was already heading that way because of the the magic light spillage. All right. I don't think, I'll, Bertie. I don't think I'll ever get this fixed. You, I, I believe in you. 
<laughs> All right. Carlton, do you stay seated in your, your chair or do you follow everybody? I bring the cushion with me. Okay. Uh, you pick up the cushion. Yeah, sure. I'm just going to let you pick it up. You pick up the cushion. It's an, it's an old enough chair that it's going to come loose. And you all walk into the second half of this room. Well, I flipped which, it, so I figured I could take it off. I'm going to say the vast majority of these plush chairs, the cushion was, like, attached. All, all of it was very nicely attached. So part of me wanted you to have ripped it, but, yeah. yeah you just it. kind of, nah, it's, it's just come loose. I like that better. I think it's funnier. You all walk into the second half of this room. and. I'll let you all decide whether you've ever been in the Faerunian equivalent of a natural museum. But this is kind of what it is. But knowing what you know now, it's horrifically gaudy. There are dragon skeletons in here. Full size. And Travancore, you can tell. Adult dragon skeletons. There are five of them. All in alcoves throughout this room. And Travancore, because your favorite enemy is dragons, and because you've got dragons on the mind, you don't even have to roll. You can immediately peg. That's a black dragon. That's a green dragon. That's a brass dragon. That's a copper dragon. That's a white dragon. There's nothing else in this room, but these five skeletons are arranged, posed in these stone alcove displays. There are two more empty alcoves, as if they were in the process of being expanded, filled. Uh, Shadow immediately trundles on over to the brass dragon. DM, it was uh, black, copper, green, brass, and white? Yes. Okay. And they're all adult dragons. Shadow trundles on over to the brass dragon and is sniffing about it. All right. Uh, Trevacore flags... uh... Barrowvor, down Barrowvor, I got that right. Barrowvor, I got it right. Okay, and it says, I mean, I don't know that you've ever seen your bones before, but anything look, anything look familiar to you, at least in terms of size? You know, I have never seen my body from this perspective, but uh, you know, if I had to pick one out of the lot that seemed the most familiar to me, uh, the light shimmers in the direction of the brass dragon. Barovor? Yeah, this is another brass dragon. You know you are much bigger than this. You were much bigger than this. I don't think that's me, per se, but it looks familiar. Interesting. So you said this is like a natural history museum? Kind of, in the way that these skeletons are displayed. Like, now that you're closer, you can see that they are not magically put together. They are not mechanically, but you know how they actually put skeleton bones together with, like, wire to put them into positions so that they're, you know, it's a T-Rex kind of thing. Obviously, a pile of bones without that kind of wiring and putting together would just fall into a pile. But these have been positioned. Yeah, but not in the way that there would be a little explanation, a blurb about brass dragons. I guess those were the, the previous room. Unfortunately, no, you don't see any plaques. You don't see any uh, inscriptions or writing or anything. And Bernie and Travancore, having been the people looking through the files, you get the sense because this is probably for Wendergod's own display. He didn't need a plaque. 
So this is where he goes, and this is the thing. This is, this is less of a museum and more of a very big cabinet of curiosities. Exactly. But Shadow has obedi- obediently sniffed over to the brass dragon, which you know is not the actual remains of Barovor, but is something is definitely keying him into this dragon. I don't know if I can do... I mean, they're my favorite enemy anyway. I don't know if I can... I was going to say, what does Jonathan the Magimuscular see as he walks into the area? All of the dragons have a shimmer to them in where, because of your sight, you can see their original form. You can you kind of get the, the outline of the full dragon. Mm. Do you also have to tech magic up or are you just, just uh, true, true sight. seeing? Then that's what you get. Okay. Travancore, what were you going to ask? Just if uh, there was any like part of the brass dragon that draw Travancore's eye or attention or the shadow was most point attention to specifically or if it's just the the dragon as a whole so shadow as amazing as he is being able to sniff out an ethereal object you know from the last time can get you into an area can get you to a space but can't get to a specific however you are an expert in dragons so if you would like to give me an investigation check with advantage maybe you'll see something and while while that's happening uh Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to tick off the Detect Magic. Okay. Detective Travancore investigates. It's just a first, it's a first level spell. It's fine. Yeah. So 12 for Travancore. I'm going to say the two of you kind of end up working together at the same time on this. Because Jonathan, as you set off the Detect Magic, it's not that any of these dragon skeletons are magical in the way of, oh, that is going to be an animated skeleton oh no but because of the nature of dragons and how tied they are into the weave and how much they are just magical creatures in and of themselves all of these skeletons glow with like the tiny little bit of ambient magic maybe a little bit of necromancy just because of the fact they're skeletons travancore you start to look at the way that this dragon is positioned And you notice that unlike the other dragons in this room, it's positioned in a way that it's actually hard to get and see the back two legs of this creature. Like you kind of have to move around and it's a little hard to see. And so something's making you think it's at the back of this dragon and you call over Jonathan, who as soon as Jonathan, you get the right angle, you've kind of moved around the bulk of this creature and can see more clearly the back of it. You immediately notice the one of the back claws, the right back claw, that's not a bone. You see, of all of the bones in the claw, one of the pieces, that's not a bone. That seems to be a teaspoon? Teaspoon? Jonathan the Magimuscular casts uh, a mage hand and has it just gently pick up the teaspoon. And Barivor, as soon as this teaspoon comes into view of you, that's it. That's yours. That's the thing. You know it in the depths of the soul anchor that's keeping you here. That has to be it. I didn't know you liked tea. I have tea in my back. Well, yes, I used to sip a nice cup of tea on sunny afternoons with my love. (laughs) Jonathan the Magimuscular just goes a little like, eat the the thought of a Brass dragon, gently with two claws, sipping tea, just 
delights him as the... is the teaspoon giant like like how big yeah how big is it actually can big, the mage thing? hand lift the teaspoon well i'm gonna say yes because it did but i'll let uh Barivor tell me is it humanoid sized oh, yeah. is it like how it's big a is humanoid it? sized teaspoon it's like a human person would use it's a measurement <laughs> a, a teaspoon is a teaspoon it is a measurement it cannot change in size and still be a teaspoon i love it because then it is no longer a teaspoon it'll be a tablespoon or larger listen i am now a trained chef i know these things <laughs> <laughs> and barivore as jonathan holds this teaspoon out to you and you are drawn to it would you describe for everybody what it looks like yes it's a simple uh small little brass teaspoon um but around the handle curled around it is uh, this little uh, decorative dragon uh, made from brass as well, but a separate piece of metal that like wraps up around the handle of the spoon and like perches on uh, the, the handle. And as you reach out to take it, even though you are in an ethereal form and you, you're not surprised when your hand passes through it, the teaspoon itself seems to become ethereal and slowly vanishes from Jonathan's mage hand. And you feel this rush of warmth as you feel the magic that was tying you to this floor evaporate. And for the first time in a very long time, you know that you could, that your spirit could float down the stairs and out the front door and leave. I believe that has done it. My friends, I cannot thank you enough for, for freeing me from this uh, curse. I have been trapped here for so long, I, I can't even remember how long, but for the first time in a long time, I feel like there's something to look forward to. There's something else. You don't get all of your memories back, but you do remember two things. Wendragod used your epitaph in a very specific way, in kind of a mocking way, hiding away your hoard at the top of this tower. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, my belongings, uh, my treasure, were taken from me by Wendragod. I have no use for them now, <laughs> as you can see, but... Uh... Uh, I do believe they are uh, kept at the top of the tower. What was taken from me, perhaps, can be given to you. Remember that I was the bereft, and perhaps that will assist you. That's very generous of you, but I would feel bad without, without just, with just taking it. So let me offer you in trade, and I hand him the cushion. I do not have a physical form. I cannot take that. Um, but that is okay. I will turn to Bernie the buffoon. Thank you for your help. If you seek more treasure and have more time after this adventure and find yourself wanting one, a good cup of tea, a very good cup of tea, might I recommend a trip down uh, to Lurin? Uh, you might be familiar with it. Um, uh, far, far away from here, uh, it is uh, beautiful, beautiful uh, part of the countryside, uh, and you might, of course, be familiar with uh, the city, uh, the city uh, Belur. Um, 
if you go there, visit the Isle of Quelthir. I have hidden somewhere on that island uh, the spoils of my early adventures. Is there tea? Uh, yes. I in the city. Oh, but not on, not on the island. Okay, yeah, no, no, no it's good, it's good, it's good. Uh, Bernie was gonna make him, Bernie was like <laughs> digging in her pack and she has made a cup of tea and she's holding the like, the wafts and she's like, I know you can't drink this, but, and she's wafting it into his, um, his little ghost spooky sparkliness. She's like, before one, you know, I feel like it's probably been several hundred years. If far too long, thank you. This is a gift, a blessing. I seek to be somewhere that is not this godforsaken tower. But perhaps after this I will make my way back to the Isle of Kelthiran. If you ever make your way out there and can find me again, I will gladly show you the way to my treasure there off the coast. It's a date. Bring your love. If I can find her. As you make this promise... And Barivor, you gently float out of this room for the first time remembering what's in there as you leave and float down the stairs, down to the first floor, to the front door, which is open for you for the first time in forever. Travancore, there's this warmth with doing this good thing, helping somebody in need. It makes you feel really good, like, like it always has. But something troubles you. There are two hordes at the top of this tower, two dragon hordes, and Barivor seemed to be an old dragon, an ancient dragon. The power that's in those hordes individually is kind of staggering. You don't know exactly why, but the thought of two of them in the same place, even the joy of helping someone else there's still a, a little bit of a pit in your stomach. And it's with that that we'll pause. And the next time we get together, maybe you'll go up a floor. Maybe you'll stay here. We'll see what happens. But for now, I would like to thank Josh for joining us. Thank you so much. For those who would like to find out more about you and follow your awesomeness, where can people find you? Hey, yeah, uh, you can follow me on all social media platforms at Joshua M. Simons. It's my name. It was given to me at birth. Uh, I do a lot of fun things in a lot of fun places. I'm the community and content manager for Demiplane. I'm a Twitch streamer and a tabletop actual play performer. Um, so come and check things out that I've got going on. I don't know the exact date that this is going live, but there's cool things happening like for the next three months straight. So just be there. Be there. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. Thank you everybody for listening and we'll see you next encounter. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, then visit us at distinguishedadventurers.com. There you can find links to our podcast and social media, pictures and bios of our cast, info on our Patreon, and much more. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our Patreon patrons and extend a special thanks to our top-tier patrons. Thank you, Forrest from StabbyQuest, Jesse Florence, Nate Zakari, Rebecca, a.k.a. Bunny Monster, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Adi, Linnea Boyev, Lori, a.k.a. Calamity Jane, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.